This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Welcome back to the Knowledge at Wharton podcast. I'm Rachel Kipp, Associate Editorial Director of the Knowledge of Wharton website. Our guest today is Wharton Management Professor Danny Kim. He has a new paper that looks at what happens when a startup is acquired by another company, specifically what happens to the employees who worked at the startup. Danny, thanks for being with us today. Thank you, Rachel, for having me. Talent is often a key reason why a company is targeted for acquisition. Can you talk a little bit about what you look at in this paper and also how that ties into sort of your overall research focus? Sure. So my research explores the tight linkage between human capital and entrepreneurship. And to give you a better sense of that agenda, uh, my dissertation looks at startup acquisitions. For example, when Google buys out YouTube as a hiring strategy for these incumbent firms. This is an important question because firms are increasingly buying out startups as a way to bring in new talent, but we don't really know whether startup acquisitions are an effective hiring strategy. So I tackle this question by leveraging administrative data sets from the U.S. Census Bureau that allow me to study the population of U.S. high-tech startups and their workers. And so when you looked at this, what did did you find about what really happens when these firms are getting acquired? Mm -hmm. So I find that acquired workers are twice as likely to leave the firm compared to regular hires with nearly identical profiles that are also hired into the same acquiring firm. And even worse, the departure effect is stronger for the very best employees, perhaps the individuals that the firm really wanted to keep around after the acquisition. And these findings are really surprising if you consider the fact that acquiring firms usually offer stay incentives in the form of stock options with a vesting schedule of three to four years, deliberately designed to keep people around after the acquisition. So they're already trying to keep them there. Exactly. And despite that, people are still leaving. And so what's the economic result of that? Sure. So at the heart of this economic result is the following tension. Unlike regular hires who are choosing to join a new employer on their own volition, acquired workers do not have a voice in the decision to be acquired, much less by whom to be acquired. So let me give you a very simple example based on an actual acquisition. Imagine you're an employee at an online fashion startup. You're working really hard, and then one day you're told your company is being acquired by Walmart, and then you need to move to Arkansas to join Walmart's e-commerce team. Now, you might imagine that your probability of sticking around might have been very different if Amazon was to be the buyer instead. And in fact, Amazon was in the discussion as a potential acquiring firm. And in this sense, even as an employee, if they could anticipate being bought out in the near future because the company is doing very well, it's unlikely that they could foretell exactly by whom they might be acquired. So my theory here is that this lack of worker choice lowers the average match quality between the acquired workers and the acquiring firm, leading to elevated rates of turnover. So what can companies do about this? Because it seems to me, I don't know that there's much the company you just mentioned could have done to make somebody maybe want to move to Mm -hmm. Arkansas, Mm -hmm. perhaps. But like, what can companies do? And did you find that, I mean, are there companies that get better at this over time? Absolutely. So I really think that established firms have a lot to learn from these insights. And in my conversations with several corporate development executives, there seemed to be this untested belief that once you acquire a company, the workers will stick around only because you offer these generous stock options. And my results provide, I think, compelling evidence against that belief. And uh, instead, I think managers could actually conduct better due diligence, which is understanding who you're buying out prior to the acquisition. And uh, my paper actually offers an empirical framework to be able to predict the level of employee retention before you make an acquisition. 
Now, what sort of things, because I mean, what you're saying is it's not just the money, obviously. So what sort of things are going into that determination? Like what is, are there certain things that might make somebody more likely to leave Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or more likely to stay? Right. The primary thing here would be understanding whether the company you're about to buy makes a good organizational match with your company. So to do this, and and, and for the sake of brevity, I'll keep it very short, I create a measure of how entrepreneurial each company is, startupiness, if you will, for the lack of a better word, uh, based on the career patterns of the employees that ever work for that company. And I show that the greater the distance in this measure between the target and acquiring firms, the greater the level of employee departures, which is alluding to organizational mismatch. What's next for this research? So building on this research, I'd like to look at the destinations of the employees who choose to leave after being acquired. Because if you think about it, the strategic cost of turnover beyond the simple cost of replacing somebody is dependent on the destination of these departures. So while some departing employees could switch into unrelated industries, others may join a competitor down the street or even start new rival firms. So I think taken together, we'll begin to understand the strategic implications of startup acquisitions in a meaningful way that informs not only academic theory, but also the managerial practice of startup acquisitions. Danny, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you for your time. You can find all of Knowledge at Wharton's articles, podcasts, and more on our website, which is knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts or your other favorite podcasting platform. If you like what you hear, please leave us a comment or a review. It really does help like-minded folks to find the show. Thanks for listening. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. 